Hey up, my name's Ben, and this is the 2021 Advent Calendar by the Wow 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 Files. In this special series, I'll be here with a mini episode every day in the run-up to Christmas, talking about something synonymous with Stoke City. Thankfully, I'm not alone, as I've drafted in one of the greatest Stoke City experts out there to guide us through Advent. He's the towel to my long throw, Martin Cook. <laughs> uh, that was a bit dry, that one. It, it's not the worst one I've heard so far. Oh, uh, to be fair, so I, I don't I know whether that's a compliment or a, or a backhanded <laughs> one. A little bit, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've had to introduce you somehow. Uh, anyway, so in the last one, we were talking about Rory Delap's long throw. That's where that came from. We're on day five. It, so, but just to just to peek behind the curtain, we're recording these in batches. And and this is going to be one of the final, if not the final one that we're recording today. You'll you'll probably hear in the next one that I've got less of a stuffy nose than I have at the moment as I sit here with a cold. But yeah, we're 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 rattling through these, and and we're on day five already. And you know, considering we've got twenty five of these, this is going quicker than I thought. Might <laughs> that's a good sign to be fair, man. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact we're having a little bit of fun with this and enjoying it is a good sign. Exactly right. Well, how can we not be talking about Stoke City with each other? You said you'd be sat there watching Netflix anyway, and so would I. Um, <laughs> Dave I then is one that I'm not particularly familiar with. If not, I'm more familiar with the actual event rather than the title. The South Stand Jinx. Perhaps I can see why this is relevant. We'll get onto that. But let's talk about before the relevant game with us. Let's talk about the previous games and what is the South Stand jinx? I think you're best to to set this one up, Martin. Yeah, so in 2001, the old Wembley Stadium um, was being demolished and the new Wembley Stadium was starting to be constructed. So during that period, English football didn't have a home, essentially. So there was nowhere to hold... Um, major cup finals, playoff finals, that kind of thing. So for a period of time, all of the English cup finals and playoff finals were held at Cardiff's Millennium Stadium. So at the Millennium Stadium, there are two dressing rooms. One is based in the South Stand and one in the North Stand. They're both identical. There's no differences between the two. However, there were 12... English Major Cup Finals and playoffs played at the Millennium Stadium from 2001 onwards um, up until the Stoke match. And in each of those 12 games, the team who were based in the South Stand um, had lost, basically. So what started off as a little bit of a joke in the media about there being a South Stand jinx and whoever's allocated at random, um, the South Stand dressing room would would always lose. What started as a joke turned into a full-blown social phenomenon really people were talking about it um, and there's this assumption that whoever got given this out of stand dressing room would lose their cup final or playoff final or whatever it was basically I, I i'm not one for superstitions right and and i'm not particularly one for stats either but the odds on that are freaky I say it's 50-50 every time. You've got a half times 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 a half and I go on for the 12. The odds are tiny. You get a hell of a bet on that happening. I take it the people who got the South Stand were the away team. You know how they do it in these neutral stadiums. I assume it was the same every time. So teams were trying to 
not be the home or away team? I'm not sure. It, it, it literally made no difference. Both dressing rooms were completely the same. It, it was almost irrelevant to where you went because the corridors were the same. The dressing rooms were laid out the same. Everything was, there was no physical obvious advantage to have. Yeah. It was just this kind of psychological, mental, I guess, block that started to come over players and teams and, and this idea that if you ended up in this dressing room, that you were you were stuffed basically. And, I, and 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 actually, I can see how, you know, I think it's difficult for it to happen five or six times. But after after that, I can see why it has a genuine effect on people. It's a bit like how we were talking in, in the last episode about the throwing. Just just the thought of it sets you off, you know. And and the thought of having something go against you that's not your fault is is annoying in itself. And I can see why after a few occasions of these, yeah, it's going to affect yeah. people. But to be honest, you'd have thought that the last people to have even challenged this jinx would have been Stoke City, who were going on their own little bit of a jinx in that period. I think that this was our third stab at promotion, wasn't it? And we got unlucky in, in, in the previous two seasons, and this was our third shot, right? Yeah, so, so essentially um, we were playing in League One at this point. Um, we've been trying to get promotion for a couple of years. We've come close, finished the playoffs, been knocked out, et cetera, et cetera. And this was really sort of a, a last sort of stab at this. Um, so this was the sort of time period where we had an Icelandic ownership, um, a consortium who owned the club. Gudrun Fordarsson, who was an Icelandic manager, was in charge. There's quite a lot of Icelandic and Scandinavian players were in the squad. Um, and this was sort of that last little tilt to try and, you know, last hurrah to try and get ourselves into what would now be the championship, essentially. So it, it was a big moment. And, you know, you you said before about how this might affect teams, this, this jinx or hoodoo. And, and teams started to take it so seriously after a while that we started to bring in all sorts of experts to try and change things. I've got some examples listed down here. So... So one club brought in a, a Feng Shui expert who performed, oh, wow. chi- who performed the Chinese ceremony. <laughs> Cambridge led a horse around the pitch. And one team ran a Tibetan ball and sprinkled incest. Um, that didn't help, apparently. They lost 4-1. Um, Chelsea, Chelsea played Arsenal in the FA Cup final. Um, and they wore their lucky white socks and then lost 2-0 so teams were actually taking this seriously this was like a serious thing teams and managers were looking at and and trying to do something to break and the fact that we were the ones to to break that curse for hoodoo is uh very stoked fashion i think very unpredictable and, and very surprising too right i mean surely the odds were stacked against us i mean forget the south stand drinks for a moment as we said we you know we were trying to get promotion already it was a huge game for the club's future and our best players had left us at this point too, right? You know, we were trying to go up with a couple of our best players who'd left as well. And the game before, I believe, was was that Cardiff game, right? Yeah, yeah. So we, we'd lost Peter Fawn and Graham Kavanagh, yeah. um, I think, this summer before, who were two of our best players at the time. They went to Cardiff for... The joint fee was over a million pounds, people towards two million, something like that. 
so that caused a little bit of controversy. Uh, and ironically, we we beat them in the semi-final and, and got ourselves to this position. Yeah. You know, so to get to this point was an achievement. And obviously you're sort of sitting there as a fan waiting to see what dressing room you're going to be given. Uh, and then it, the news comes out that we're going to be in that infamous South stand. So <laughs> you know, I, I, I remember my, my dad being convinced that we had no chance. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and to be fair, you would think so, wouldn't you? South stand jinx, bad luck in playoffs generally and promotion generally. Our best players had gone to a different club. Yes, we had the boost of 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 that semi-final, but this this was all set up for us to just to peter out. And yet, against all the odds, like Stoke City does, it was a player final versus Brentford, and we won the game. <laughs> just... Yes, yeah, so we 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 won. We won the game. We broke the jinx. I think there's some very sort of famous photos of um, fans holding. Homemade banner saying "South Stand Jinx my arse," and <laughs> I, I think there's a famous there's a famous photo of the players with a couple of banners saying "What South Stand Jinx," all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But yeah, you know that was another key little moment in our history, um, because that gave us that little platform to step up into what is now the championship. And you know it'll be another few years before we ended up going Premier League, but it, it was that first step on the road upwards in many ways. Yeah, hugely, hugely important game for loads of reasons for for the past just to get rid of the hoodoo. I mean, to break the South Stand Jinx on number 13, may I point out as well, is, is just yes. unlucky in itself. <laughs> yes. Um, I, and then for our future, I, it, it was really pivotal, wasn't it? For a number of reasons, a lot of things happened after this. I think you said, good John Thordarsson, who was our manager, left a week after this game. And then... As far as you're aware, anyway, if we hadn't have won this game, Stoke would have been in big, big trouble. Yeah, so you know, the Icelandic consortium had come in under the premise that they wanted to get a couple of promotions quite quickly. Um, if that hadn't occurred, we'd become sort of bogged down in, in that third tier of English football. You know, So if we hadn't have got promotion at that point, it's, you know, it's all speculation, but it would have been interesting or not in many respects to to have seen what would have happened with the ownership of the club at that time. You mentioned Ford Orson, by the way. And so before the game, he was very sort of dismissive about this, this South Stand Jinx, as you probably would do as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did actually arrange for the place to stay overnight in Cardiff in a hotel, ah. that, in a hotel that, whole, that had only been used by winning teams. So, oh! So, so publicly, he dis- dismissed it as being stupid superstition. But behind the scenes, he actually chose a hotel that had only been used by winning teams. So, a little, little snippet there. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess less amazing is that, you know, that, that he, he sort of beat this South Stand jinx in many ways, but it belatedly came to cost him his job anyway. Um, it was only a matter of months later that he actually lost his job regardless. And he wasn't for the new contract. So the, the jinx got him in the end. The jinx got him in, yeah. The jinx left with him. It, wow. It just, just, I love these little nuggets about Stoke City history. Like, like the South Stand, like I knew obviously getting promoted and the story behind that from the Icelandic era, but just the South Stand jinx is just another little nugget in Stoke City history. I, I know you who, who's studied the history of football in Staffordshire quite quite extensively that there's so many little nuggets like this 
in in football and i'm not a historian i don't particularly care for history but history of stoke city genuinely really really interests me and doing stuff like this i hope people listening are enjoying it as just as much as i am i love this and with that i think that's a that's a good place to close day five of the advent calendar with the south stand jinx um once again thank you martin for uh, not providing your own jinx and and you made another <laughs> successful episode of of the advent calendar again just a quick reminder to people that we are running a fundraiser alongside this if you're happy to drop in whatever you can you know any anything small would be really greatly appreciated all going to the donna louise trust if you if you feel like you want to give something a little bit back just for us doing this every day in december again we'd be highly highly appreciative of you doing that and of course if you want to get involved with this podcast you can literally anyone any stoke fan listening to this podcast you can head to the yyyfiles.com slash get involved to find out how that's it thank you very much for listening to day five of the advent calendar and until the next one busy need to 40 you